Welcome to Supply Chain Briefs, the podcast that discusses the challenges, innovations, and critical issues of today's global supply chains. I'm your host, Joseph Moretta, and thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we have fellow board members, Marty Polizzi and Rita DiStefano, to discuss best practices and interviewing in today's rapidly changing world. So let's welcome both Marty and Rita to the show. Welcome, Marty. Welcome, Rita. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, let's just jump right into this. Um, real quick, Marty, to get us started, I'm, I'm curious about what type of interview questions should I expect if I'm preparing for an interview? Yeah, Jackie, I think the best way to do it on a broad basis is to kind of put them into two different categories. You have your general questions, which typically in the interview process happen early, maybe the first interview. They're kind of like job fit questions. For example, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, be really with the purpose to see if you're a general fit for the job. So there's no reason at that point to kind of just rattle off your resume. Typically the interview is gonna have your resume. So you may wanna just kind of tell a little story about your career and how you've evolved, maybe why you, you went from one position to another in your, your current organization, or why you, if you're a student, why you changed your major, just so they can get a feel for what your needs are. Basic whys of your resume is it to answer a general question. The more common type of question that you see later are what's called situational questions. They're also called uh, popular in the HR industry now, behavioral questions. Uh, and, and what you see a lot of now in the arena of interviews, we call, call these star questions. That's probably the most popular thing you hear today, Joe, are these star questions. So that's interesting, uh, Marty. You bring up something called star questions. I was hoping you could just give us a little bit more. What are these star questions? Yeah, sure. So if you think of it more as a model, um, it's really what, what's called a star interview, interviewing model. It's more or less a framework that allows the candidate to tell a meaningful story about a previous experience that they've had. So the questions from the interviewer will be more along the lines of, uh, tell me about a time or give me an example where you had an adverse situation. So the respondee is gonna answer in this star format. So let's make sure we're all on the same page of the STAR acronym, um, S-T-A-R, right? So S would be for situation. So now you're the interviewee, you're preparing for the interview and S would be for situation. So you're gonna respond with a situation, which is very brief. It kind of sets the scene. It gives the background, kind of like the where, when, and what. What's important for the uh, interviewee is to kind of keep it brief and be specific of the situation you're in. And I'm gonna give you examples as we go throughout this uh, description. So let's say you're a professional and you're interviewing for a position. Here's an example of you just giving this quick situation or background. I was working at ABC as a marketing manager and the company decided we need to come up with a new search engine optimization strategy. There it is, short, simple, and to the point. Now, if you're a college student who also goes through these interviews, you're going to be confronted with the star format, and you're going to have to come up with a situation. So here's an example of what a student would say, given that they don't have as much experience as, let's say, a work professional. So here's a situation. I was a senior taking a college consumer behavior course, and in a team of four in a group project, we decided to create a new brand for a fictitious company. So again, short, brief. The T is more or less the task. 
right? That would be your personal target or objective as part of the situation. Again, your personal target or objective of the situation. So example, going back to that marketing manager example, um, they would say, well, my task was as the marketing manager for this project, my responsibility was to grow revenue 10% for the strategy. Right, real simple, one, two lines. The college student, same thing. They're, again, with previous, previous situation was they were, in a, they were in a consumer behavior class. So the task of the student was, my role was for the team to create all of the graphics for our brand strategy. Again, quick, tells you the story, kind of gives you the background. What's more important is when you come to the A, which is the action. This is where you demonstrate your skill sets. And I'm gonna repeat that because that's important. The action component of your response is where you demonstrate your skill sets. So it's important to be specific on some of the steps you did to reach the situation or the task. So you're gonna mention the skills or steps that you did. Now, what's really important is that you go into a lot of time explaining the actions or steps. And a lot of mistakes that people make is they gloss over the important steps. So you really wanna be methodical in everything you did to accomplish that goal. So again, let's go back to painting the picture with some examples. So you're the marketing manager and you have to talk about what you did, what skills you used. So again, this is where you demonstrate your skill sets. I started by setting up the meetings with our sales teams to kind of get feedback on the strategy that we wanted to do. I wanted to get their input on, on particular customer needs. Then I met with my team and we organized. We went over the steps and we went over the plans and we went over the key timeframes. So there you can do, you maybe have like two, three, four, no long more than five key actions or steps that you did to show your skill set. The result is really simple. The result is your outcome. What did you do to actually, and what result you gave? You gave. That is probably the most memorable of the story. People don't always remember the whole story, but they remember the results. So best practices for results is you want to make sure that the, the result is quantitative, something that could be measured. The other thing about um, a result is it's not only quantitative, you want to make it quantified, but you also want to make it qualified. So a good step here is not only the result that you got, but maybe what you learned or the people that you met and the relationships that you made. So let's give you a couple examples of a result for again, that professional marketing manager going through this new position. So our result was that we exceeded our revenue goal by 8% and that was uh, netted a $500,000 uh, new, new business for our business. Let's go back to the college student, right? Who was doing the presentation with the four, four team members. And the result was we presented the project in front of our professor and an actual local company representative. We received an A in the class and I was fortunate to obtain a summer internship with the company representative. So these secondary benefits are as important as the quantitative result. Again, relationships, skills that you obtained, things like that are very important when you put them in your result. So Joe, I would say that to answer your question, those are probably the best way to describe the star with, with examples. Very, very interesting, um, Marty, and thank you for that. So for any of our listeners who are listening in now, and I would think especially college students, how would they prepare star responses 
for an interview per se? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it really is all about the present preparation because when you're a student or even if you're a younger professional, there's a lot of angst when you go on an interview. So the best way to do is to have that preparation. So I wanna kind of paint a picture here. The first thing you wanna do is you wanna create a Word document and call it your skills inventory list. And what you wanna do is you wanna brainstorm what you think your best skills are. And I have a list here. I'm going to kind of give, give them out to the audience so they can get an idea of what I mean by skills. So team building, leadership, selling skills, negotiating skills, communication or listening skills. How important is that, right? Analytical skills, organizational time management skills. How about the ability to adapt? Customer service skills. People skills, being able to relate to people. There's a whole host that you can kind of put on your inventory list and then maybe take maybe four or five that you think of you're really good at. So you have your inventory skill list, maybe it's word, one word doc. The second word doc is an actual matrix. I'll call it a, uh, a star matrix. This is a document. You can have four headings, situation, task, action, and results. And when you prepare for the interview, you're actually gonna do it in reverse order. So the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna think of all the results that you've had that are positive. Kind of brainstorm them to yourself and just kind of write them down. So this could be maybe successful projects you had at work, awards that you won either at school or work, promotions that you received, certifications that you obtained. Remember the best way to, to do this is to quantify them and if you can remember these secondary benefits as well, along with those results. So example, did you meet any key, key networks or did you develop a certain skill? Once you have all those results, again, this should be brief, maybe one or two sentences for your result. You, again, you're working backwards and now you're working to the left of that matrix and now you're coming up with the actions. Again, the actions are the steps that you've taken to achieve this outcome. So now you're gonna to go to that skills inventory list that you have and you're gonna weave them into your actions. Again, the actions are the things that you did to achieve the result. Don't overlook any steps. Make sure you weave in the skills. You wanna have a minimum of about three skills per story, right? Because each one of these results is, is gonna be a story, maybe three to five stories that you're gonna prepare with the associated skills or steps that you did to achieve those results. Continue to work in reverse. Now you're gonna put the tasks in. The task is just, again, whatever your role or objective was, one or two lines. And then lastly is the situation. Again, be specific when you come up with the situation. I find a lot of people talk in general terms. Well, a lot of times at work, I used to do this. and this. No, it's just one situation. And then set the scene. And again, maybe one or two sentences that you prepare to put that scene. So now you have your matrix. Maybe you have four or five different stories which are ST and A and R. And now the second stage of preparation is trying to anticipate what kind of questions that you may get. So I'm gonna give our audience the, what I would call the top six type of questions that you might receive on a star question. Give us an example when you had to solve a problem. Give us a story where you overcame a challenge. Number three, give me an example of when you made a mistake and what you did to overcome it. Four, can you give us a, a situation where you had to work as a leader? Number five, give us a situation 
or tell me about a time where you worked in a team and you had a difficult challenge with another person on your team. And then lastly, give me an example. We had to create something or come up with something interesting. So I would say that's like the second. You try to anticipate the questions. Now, you're never going to nail all the questions, but when you compare, when you can compete, or I should say when you complete your star matrix, you can adapt the, the stories to multiple different questions. So just be agile with that. And then the last part, Joe, is you got to practice. You got to deliver your responses. Again, they're probably going to be no longer than five minutes to each story, with the heavy emphasis being on the action, right? And then solicit feedback. Get somebody you trust that you can rehearse in front of, maybe record it so you can go back to it, change up your story if need be as far as practicing. The whole purpose of practicing is that you can get comfortable enough so you're not memorizing your stories, that it's more natural or conversational, genuine. That's how you want to come across so your experience resonates in a very genuine way. Another important key thing is when you go on the interview and they ask you the question, more than likely they're going to give it to you physically too so you can see it and refer back to. It's a great opportunity to pause, collect your thoughts, write your responses down in bullet points, let them know you're ready, and then tell them you, you're going to respond. They like when you do that. It shows that you're thinking out your response and, that, and it's well organized. So don't be afraid to take a minute, digest that question, and take a few notes and then respond. But I'll tell you, Joe, probably the most important thing is of, of the preparation is, and the most underutilized is the practicing and I would say soliciting a response. Well, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to digest that before I continue. <laughs> <laughs> but you bring up a lot of interesting points. Um, and it's got me wondering. And I want to bring Rita in on this question here, um, because I think her perspective is going to definitely help us get a fuller picture and complete the storyline, so to speak. Um, Rita, what are the challenges of interviewing in today's world? Because it is a different world that we live in today than anybody's has seen. So I was wondering if you could give us a little insight there. Sure. Thank you, Joe, and welcome, everyone. Um, Marty, you gave an incredible background on what to expect. Um, and it is a very, very different world today. And I am the Director of Human Resources Consulting. So I'm one of the first people you're going to meet. So the terror is on your faces. And I think what Marty had to say will help you try to draw yourself in if you feel that tension coming on. Take a deep breath and become who you are because HR people want to really know you. And how difficult, Joe, really, the challenges are today because in the last two years, we've done nothing but remote interviewing, which was very different for us as well as that has been for the candidates. And I have seen everything from people lying in bed with their tablets on top of them uh, to people who are not dressed appropriately for an interview. Um, maybe times have changed, but certain things do not change. There is a decorum. Be very careful if you're interviewing remotely uh, to your backgrounds. Be sure that there's not a shirt hanging in the back or an unmade bed or something like that. It's important. And I know that it's opening up now. We're doing a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one interviews now. But all of what 
we're doing, whether it's remote or whether it's in person, uh, Marty's advice is still applying. Nothing has changed. Um, your background is important. Your dress code is important. And of course, that has changed as well. Uh, much more relaxed in the office, but you don't want to show up on remote or even in an office interview, not dressed appropriately. So there's a challenge there of, of telling yourself, well, you know, I'm not meeting face to face, but what am I going to look like? What am I going to sound like? Um, this may not be a challenge, but I think that you have to be very careful on your resume with your email address. I have seen some email addresses that are right out of college, eat junk, that kind of thing. That literally was an email address. So be careful with that. You're in the, you're in the professional world. Um, I think one of the challenges we have today uh, is an HR person and the person coming into my office for an interview. We have so many job openings now. We're looking for people who are flexible. And we think that there are many people that come into an office with one idea of what they want to do. And we may not have that exact position. HR people are looking for candidates that are flexible, that can think out of the box, that, that when they're talking to the HR person or listening about what the position is and thinking to themselves, yeah, I think I can do that. Don't don't be shy to tell the person you're interviewing that you are open to new responsibilities and new challenges because the world out there is full of new responsibilities and new challenges. Um, ask questions when you're talking uh, to an HR person or, or a candidate or a, uh, a manager or a supervisor. Um, I think the challenge here is that we like to try to engage. You need to, especially if it's remote, be engaged with the interviewer. Let them know you're interested in the company. Ask questions on what kind of training do you need to help the company grow? What kind of training do they give to help the company grow? They love to hear that. We love to hear that. That's engaging. That's saying, what can I do to help this company get to the next level? Um, and also remember that one of the challenges is finding a link to where you can get a good job interview. Don't forget your alumni situations. Don't forget to network with business organizations out there, whether it be remote or whether it be in person. And as I said, things are definitely very, very definitely changing. So, and friends and family are important. So, you're involved with a very difficult time right now. If you're, if you're in college and getting out or whether you're in the job market, things have definitely changed. We've all had to adapt during the last couple of years. Keep your mind open, be flexible, be professional. That has not changed. And, and, and wish that you can think in your mind uh, about what you want to do and being flexible uh, and that is the challenge, to be flexible about maybe you're going to wind up doing something completely different, and that's not a different story. That is very, very common. And remember, I'll leave you with this, and I say this even to family members who ask me advice. Be yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. Tell the truth. Tell the story, as Marty said, and let the person know exactly who you are. Your abilities and skills are important, but who you are is probably just as important. So I, I hope you go away with some of this um, information that helps you out.
Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rita. That was amazing. I really did appreciate that. And I think that there's a lot of good information there, a lot of good takeaways for anybody that's listening right now. Um, and you mentioned questions. And I thought that was interesting of uh, being mindful of the questions. And I'm going to throw this to Marty now. Marty, what questions as an interviewee or an interviewer even can I ask? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because you can set an impression based on the type of questions that you ask. And let's make it easy for our listeners today. Let's kind of put them into two categories. Let's talk about the general questions. And then we'll kind of put another category more like thought provoking questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the general questions could be, you know, what are the next steps in the interview process? Another simple general question could be asked, can you tell me a little bit more about the benefit package that's being offered with this position? Again, I would probably prepare maybe three, four, five questions, but the, the thing you wanna do is you really wanna make sure that you give the impression that you're really curious about this opportunity. So here's an example of like a thought provoking question. Let's say it's um, Joanne that you're interviewing. You say, Joanne, it's always good to use the first name. Joanne, can you tell me the top two things that are the most challenging for somebody new in this position? Now, notice I used the word two, because when you ask a question that's got a number to it, it just makes the person pause. They got to think a little deeper. And when somebody thinks a little deeper, they're probably going to internalize it and give you a much better response. So anything that makes them think deeper. The other thing too that interviewers love is they love to talk about themselves. So a good question could be, oh, I, I, I saw on your LinkedIn page that you started off in a position like this and, and, and you raised up to your current VP position. Can you tell me what the top two challenges you had to go, go through and how you overcame them? Again, it gives them the opportunity to kind of talk about themselves, get, sends the message that you did your research on, on that individual. And then they take a deeper dive into what they think is the biggest challenge for you as you move along the organization. So I would say, make sure you prepare the general question, but also the question that really makes the other side think. That's how I'd summarize it, Joe. Thank you, Marty. I really do appreciate it. And thank you, Rita. This has been a really great and interesting conversation. I, you know, I think our audience is going to get a lot of great tips and advice out of this whole um, uh, event that we had here. Um, I do want to thank Marty and Rita um, for their time. Thank you for all joining us. Um, as always, you can catch our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube, and Spotify. Be sure to check this uh, program out, and um, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you very much, everyone.